This is the Paul Bunyan Country Outdoors Podcast, sponsored by Bemidji State University and Northwest Technical College. The Paul Bunyan Country Outdoors Podcast is also sponsored by Visit Bemidji. Paul Bunyan Country Outdoors covers the lakes, woods, trails, wildlife, and anything else going on outdoors in Paul Bunyan's playground. But first, if you love the outdoors and are looking for ways to align your education with future employment in the trades, Northwest Technical College in Bemidji is for you. Explore state-of-the-art technical education in six career paths, automotive, building trades, business, health, child care, and manufacturing technology, all in the heart of Minnesota's Northwoods, surrounded by more than 400 lakes and, of course, limitless forests. The shortest path to your dream job and a good bite is at NTC, Bemidji's Technical College. Learn more today. Visit ntcmn.edu. I'm Bill Rosedale, proud to help educate Kevin Jackson on Paul Bunyan Country Outdoors. Well, it's been a while since we checked in with Mandy Urich, but she's been a very, very busy person. we got a lot of stuff to cover. But first of all, Mandy, as always, thanks for joining us today. Hey, thanks for having me. Good to be back. So what have you been doing lately, fishing or hunting? Both. <laughs> of course. What a crazy, crazy season. I don't think anybody's going to complain that we're shortening up our winter season a, a little bit and actually getting a, a, a glorious warm fall. But, oh, being torn in so many directions. Do I sit in the, in the bull stand? Do I go fishing? Ah, yeah. we'll just do both. Yeah. <laughs> so one in the morning and one in the afternoon. Pretty much. Yeah. So uh, I'm assuming it's a lot of archery season for you. Uh, obviously, it's not a firearm at this point. We're almost there. We're almost there. We're getting up on the eve. Yeah, uh, and there's a lot of a lot of fever here in the area, but it's going to be a little weird because I know it's going to cool down by then. But it's uh, it's been so incredibly warm. It's it doesn't even feel like a deer season yet. No, it, we we got that shot right away. Where you know, about the right time, where everything starts to change and gets cold. And after a long season, I was ready. I was ready to take a break and, and to climb into the stand and just put the boat away and. And it warmed back up again, and I was like, gosh, darn it. <laughs> you just can't waste days like that. I mean, I, I honestly don't remember in October or November this late where we've had these temps before. So, yeah, you, you just got to make time, and, and you do both. All right, so do you do anything besides deer hunt? I mean, do you duck hunt, goose hunt, any of that stuff? You know, I, I used to guide for about 12 years for, for, for duck hunting and, and goose hunting and upland hunting and uh no i didn't do anything this year i was all set to go pheasant hunting and then that warm streak hit and i'm like ah i just cannot do that to my dog yeah <laughs> so we'll we'll squeeze in some some late season hunts when the temps cool back down after after deer season and get out and chase some pheasants but this would have been the year for me to get out and duck and goose hunt because i'm getting old and i don't <laughs> like being cold and i don't like being wet and my arthritis just gets horrible and i'm like what a beautiful season and i did not take advantage because it was do I go bow hunting or do I go fishing? But I can't do all of it. Well, how has the bite been? It's been good. Uh, crazy good. If you want to get out and pretty much still chase anything, the water temps, depending on the body of water, you're on are, are still way up there. I was out last Sunday with a good buddy, Todd Angus, who's a, a guide here. We went to uh, the whitefish chain. What a weird feeling to be on that entire chain and not another boat out there. Uh, I've never had that experience before. It was quite glorious. The weather was beautiful. And we were actually chasing whitefish. So it's something that you do once a year about this time. And uh, normally it's pretty cold and nasty. 
they don't really look forward to it, but it was a beautiful day uh, out chasing them around with electronics, which was pretty fun. It's like playing a video game, <laughs> catching my <laughs> drinking wraps. But, uh, yeah, I, I should have been, I think, focusing more probably on that, that late-season bass, but I kind of let that go. And so, yeah, today I'm going to go chase some crappies. <laughs> All right, and I'm sure they'll be biting. I've been hearing great reports on crappie from crappie oh. anglers. Correct. Glorious. Uh, you know, I, I'm going to try and chase them fairly. If I can find them shallow, I don't like taking them out of those winter holes. You know, a lot of people right. think just because you catch and release, but if you're pulling fish out of, you know, 35, 40-foot holes, they may, they may swim away, but I don't think they're going to live very long. So you got to be pretty selective on uh, what you're catching and where you're catching them at. Yeah, I think people, you're right. That's a good point that a lot of people don't think about is that that's that's tough on a fish to come up through that much water. Correct. Yeah. So just be smart. Be selective. <laughs> so we didn't get to talk about it uh, about it before, but uh, you got to hang out with some big dogs uh, recently. Oh, yeah. Uh, one of those opportunities that you just can't say no to. Uh, 3M puts on a big event, and I was lucky enough to be chosen uh, as one of the guides for that event. And I got to spend three days with some of the best guides and tournament anglers in Minnesota, let alone two of the most world-famous anglers there is uh jimmy houston and roland martin which was just an, an epic experience in itself uh god those guys are a hoot <laughs> i mean oh my goodness jimmy houston is just a card i just non-stop ball of energy cracking jokes non-stop and those two together are like a, a comic pair i mean they play off each other so well they're just a ton of fun and i'm thinking oh my gosh like how do they keep doing this and fish this hard you know, at their age, they're still running around the United States, filming their TV show, uh, you know, giving time to events like 3Ms. It, it, it was pretty amazing. Uh, for, for the first couple of days, I just kind of sat quietly, you know, and just took it all in. And it, it sounds geeky, I guess. But finally, on my, the last day of the event, I, I, I went over to uh, Brad Leiferman was there and the Capper Boys. And I said, hey, I said, I, I don't want to sound goofy and i know it's my first year doing this but do you, do you think it would be nerdy if i asked him if i could take a picture with him <laughs> <laughs> they started laughing they're like no absolutely not you know this is a once in a lifetime opportunity they'll love it you know so finally i, I worked up the, the, the mustard to go ask him uh, if we could take a picture together so but yeah super super nice guys um it was a big event for me too and for 3m this event's been going on for 19 or 20 years and i'm the first female guide Cool. Uh, that they've ever asked to to join this event, and I, I hope I get the invite back again. Yeah, I'm I'm sure you will. Uh, did Did you learn anything from those guys? Oh yeah, oh I learned a couple of things. Not what to do. No, because <laughs> it's a little competition on the side, you know, between between the guys. So you can you know you keep track of your fish and this that or whatever. And uh, I will say, Roland Martin went out the morning before this little tournament started. And he crushed a giant muskie. Just beautiful, beautiful muskie. And he was by himself. He was just out checking a few spots before we, we took off. And he was like, that's why you don't pre-fish before a derby. <laughs> the <laughs> morning before a derby. He was like, that fish would have won me the whole competition. <laughs> that is, yeah, that probably would have, yeah. Wow. <laughs> oh, so, um, hunting-wise now, you've been out in the woods some. Have you f- spotted a new quest? Uh... Yes and no, not for this year. So, honestly, my very first set of the season, 
Um, I hadn't really had much on camera. Uh, you know, does and, and spikes and a couple baskets, but nothing that really caught my interest like the, you know, the one I'd been chasing for a couple of years. So didn't have high expectations, but the weather's been super nice. So it's just nice getting out there. Now I'm in my sand and it's early and I look over and I, I, I see a buck coming and I'm like, oh, I'm like, oh, I get the binox out and I'm like, ooh, that's a, that's a nice one. Well, then out comes it right after him. He's a high and tight nine. Oh, comes this 10. And I'm like, oh, oh, like maybe I should get ready here. Like, so I've got my binox and I'm like, they're not going to come right here. Sure enough, they came down within 12 yards of me and that younger high and tight nine, he wasn't ruddy, but he wanted to like play spar. And so he's bugging this 10, which you could tell is a, a much older deer than him, but he was, he was wide and stubby. Neither one of them this year, I would say, would be shooter bucks to go on my wall. Anybody else, I mean, I'm sure would be super happy, you know, to shoot a buck like that. But I just sat there, and for 20 minutes, they they off and on, you know, sparred, and it was just, I've never had two mature bucks like that, that close, you know, basically right underneath me sparring, and... The worst part was I couldn't even move to get my phone because I wanted to record it. I didn't want to shoot either one of them. I just wanted to get it on film because it was such a cool experience. And then they laughed, and I was like, I'm probably going to kick myself over that one. <laughs> <laughs> Maybe I should have reconsidered taking a shot because they, they're they very, very nice. Next year, wow, they, they'll really be bruisers if they make it through the season. But, so yeah, if those two make it, oh, they're, they're going to be the ones to – to definitely be chasing after but other than that i think with the warm temps i I haven't seen a lot of movement not during the day anyways my cameras are are getting blown up at night uh it seems like during the day it's it's those younger bucks right now right in my area that are are starting to chase and be dumb (laughs) i'm I'm really hoping that that light switch flips with with the weather changes coming this weekend for opener that it's go time like full rut and maybe maybe i'll get lucky to have a a big one I haven't seen before walk in front of me. All right, so full disclosure, um, I'm going to be on vacation, so this is actually going to air second weekend of deer camp. Uh, but okay. but what is your uh, deer hunting opener tradition, or do you have one? It's sad. My deer opener tradition is sad. So basically everybody I know takes off and leaves and goes to deer camp, and for the last eight years... I hunt rifle opener 100% by myself. So (laughs) it's fine, um, but I have to be very smart about what I shoot or where I shoot or which stands I pick because there's nobody here to help me. (laughs) And as I learned last year when I shot that really big buck, that uh, I have really awesome neighbors that don't hunt. And I (laughs) end up having to call upon them to be able to get that big beast out. So that's always in the in the back of my mind. Uh, opener is, is not, for me, is, is not time to, to shoot does. I'll sit and pass on those. But if I get an opportunity like last year where I can pull the trigger on a big one, I will. <laughs> but, boy, am I going to owe my neighbors some big, big favors after that. <laughs> so so you don't, like, have to take a week off and go to some cabin deep in the woods somewhere. You're just basically uh, in your yard. Yeah, I, I'm, I'm truly blessed. I've got acreage here right at home, and then I've got a, a, a lease just down the road from there, which is, I mean, walking distance, basically. So, no, I, I don't have to go way up north somewhere. I'm, I get to sleep in my own bed. 
take a nice hot shower every night, so I, oh. I have no complaints on that. <laughs> well, and then you're a little flexible to go fishing if you wanted to. Well, that is true. So, if gosh forbid we get another another big warm up here, uh, uh, I might have to jump back in the boat again. <laughs> yeah, that is. Well, I think in general that's a that's a tough call for a lot of people who love to do all the things there are to do around here uh, to make that call in the fall. There's just so many of them. Uh, but with weather like this, it's it's even it's even stranger and harder to make the call. Oh, trust me, I, I spent the last week pretty much every day calling. You know, everybody I know. Hey, let's get in the boat. Hey, let's get in the boat. Like I'm going fishing today. Come get in the boat. You know, we'll let's go for three four hours this afternoon. You can be home in time to climb back in the boat stand. Now everybody's all gung ho. You know, for for rifle season. This morning. He's Tuma, one of our favorites. Yeah. Uh, his plan was he was jumping in the boat with me, and we were going to go fishing. Uh, and he messaged me this morning, and he, he bailed on me. He's like, oh, I got too many things to do, because he leaves for hunting camp to go up north. He's like, I just I don't have everything ready. I got to get the rest of my stuff packed to, to leave tomorrow to go to hunting camp. And I'm like, boo, <laughs> I'll send you pics. <laughs> <laughs> Much more from Mandy Urich coming up. Hi, this is Nate Blazing of the Nisswa Guide League, and I'm doing my best to keep Kevin Jackson from embarrassing himself. Hi, this is Dick Beardsley with Dick Beardsley Fishing Guide Service and Fish House Rentals. Are you looking to plan your next ice fishing adventure? Well, look no further as Bemidji, Minnesota is the place to be. There are over 400 fishing lakes within a 25-mile radius of Bemidji. Come drop a line at becoming a fishing legend. While on your fishing adventure, explore the hundreds of well-groomed snowmobile trails that Bemidji has to offer. Don't forget to take a picture with the historic Paul Bunyan and Bathe the Blue Ox. Bemidji, bigger fish and better stories. This is the Paul Bunyan Country Outdoors podcast, sponsored in part by Bemidji State University. You can pursue your passions with a world-class education in the heart of Minnesota's Northwoods. The drive to acquire deeper knowledge and develop greater wisdom is already in your nature. So join us on the shores of Lake Bemidji. Minnesota's premier Northwoods University can help you make the world a better place than you found it. Learn more at BemidjiState.edu and schedule a tour today. BemidjiState.edu This is Mike Frisch of Fishing the Midwest, and you're listening to Paul Bunyan Country. Though we are in the midst of deer hunting season, it's still fall fishing season, and Mandy Urich likes to do it all. Mandy, the weather's been so warm. Are we actually in a fall bite? I mean, did they got to get there eventually, even with the temperatures not changing. Oh, yeah, definitely. With that gradual slowdown slow of, of the way the water temps are falling, I mean, normally when you get into the low 50s, high 40s, like the bass bite really kind of dies off, you know. And normally at this time of year, we should be in the 30s, realistically. You know, high 30s, real low 40s. And on some of these smaller tannic lakes, we're still seeing water temps of 53 so yeah. everything is still biting. You know, I've got guys that are just absolutely still hammering on the walleye. So, you know, and bass. I mean, surprisingly enough, uh, they're going out there, may not be getting the, the, the big numbers, but they're definitely getting the big bites. So the, the big girls that want to eat are, are, are still chewing, and obviously, I mean, the crappie bite has just been ridiculous for three weeks. So what are we throwing at the uh, fish date these days? <sighs> well, I'm chasing, chasing crappies this time of year. I always make sure, just in case, I've got a couple scoops of crappie minnows in there. But I'm really the puddle jumper. I love to go throw slip bobber with puddle jumper. 
for crappies this time of year. If they're, if they're super finicky, you know, I'll switch to, to live bait to a, to a crappie minnow. Uh, you can still get them on some those really small jigging wraps, which is a lot of fun, uh, especially if you have live or something like that, because then it becomes a video game. You can just watch them chase it up and down, and you can sit on top of them, and that's a, a ton of fun. Um, still can't go wrong with, you know, live bait rigging for for walleye, if you can get your hands on the bait, you know, a, a big red tail or a creek chub lindy rigging right now is is still going, but still getting a lot of, you know, before, you know, maybe October, the walleyes had pushed out deep, you know, I mean, deep, 30, 48 feet of water. It was really hard to, to catch them shallow if they were there still in all the good vegetation that was there. But now we're seeing a change where you are able to get out with a, a and, and, and catch them shallow, you know, like 12, mm-hmm. 15 feet of water, which is crazy. Getting them on a jerkbait. <laughs> yeah. Okay. Well, and then, the, and like we say, there's hunting season, a few weeks of that. Do you do um, um, the black powder season at all? I do. Do yeah. <laughs> oh, yeah. That's a, normally because I'm so picky, to be honest. Like, I will antler hunt through bow season, through rifle season, uh, right into muzzleloader season, and muzzleloader season becomes still the freezer season for me. <laughs> right. <laughs> muzzleloader is the freezer season. Oh, yeah. So how much, uh, actually, how much uh, venison do you have in your freezer right now? Uh, not a lot. Okay. Which is surprising. Um, you know, Around Brainerd Lakes area in the 604, we're uh, disease management, so we've got, you know, bonus doe takes plus your your buck tag so i try to put you know two or three in, in the the in the freezer if possible uh every year but with that being said the majority of that i'll turn into hamburger i don't buy beef at the store mm-hmm. so anything you know tacos spaghetti i mean anything that you can use normally use ground beef on i'm using uh, a venison mix on year round so yeah i'm down to my last chunk of summer sausage i'm in trouble kevin <laughs> Well, you better get you better ready to get a deer then. I know. <laughs> so you you that's the you noted that you have some more options there than a lot of us do with the the extra tags, right? Correct. Okay. Um, and is that kind of standard, or do you just have to apply for them, or, or can everybody get them who are hunting in that area? Yeah, you can get the 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 disease management tags are over the counter. Uh, we also had an early answer list season here too, so. I mean, there's no excuse, honestly, why I haven't pulled the trigger already, besides the fact that it's been abnormally warm. And I'm like, I don't want to have to shoot a deer when it's 70 degrees out. And then for me, you know, basically cut this thing up same night or at least, you know, get it to bone and then get it to a fridge. I don't have a nice walk-in cooler (laughs) to be able to hang that deer like some of my buddies do, you know, down south. So... That, that's really swayed me a little bit. Normally, I'll take one early antlerless season, uh, but I just didn't want to deal with it. it. It's a lot of work by yourself. So that's what I'm hoping, too. It's nice to be able to let the deer hang in colder temps for a couple days, you know, before they, you got to go into the whole processing portion of it. Right. I mean, yeah, that's obviously the nice thing about typical deer weather. You got a little bit more flexibility, but you, you drop a deer now, and you got to get it out of the woods pretty quick. Correct. Yeah. <laughs> there is no letting her hang for a day or two. You better get her out and uh, get her cut up, and hopefully you've got the, the, the fridge space to be able to at least get the meat in there and, and cool it down for a couple of days before you start the processing portion. 
So, um, you know, a lot of people don't like venison because it gets too dry. What's your secret to keeping it from getting dry? That's a good question. So everybody has their own opinion, especially like in colder temps about uh, how long to let deer hang this out or whatever. Um, A big thing that I see, and I don't know if people like them or not, but, um, you know, like the tenderloins, things like that, when they split that deer wide open, some people will split through that pelvis wide open and, and let the deer hang that way. Some people don't. I've seen some people that, you know, instantly just kind of quarter that deer up uh, and won't even mess, honestly, with the full field dressing situation. You know, it's normally what you do if you're packing packing a deer out or, you know, for a long-distance hunt. Um, I will leave the silver skin on, you know, as much as I can when I'm actually just getting that deer cut up, you know, get it in the fridge. I always cover, you know, always cover my meat in the fridge. As soon as that gets cooled down for a day or two, um, I'm out. Like I, I'm, I'm cutting everything up right away and getting it vacuum packed and and froze. So then, uh, until I'm ready to process. So that either means you know grinding and mixing. Um, I will mix uh, pork fat in a little bit. Uh, you know, a seasoning in with with my meat for for my hamburger. But I, I think it's just all about how quick you you get it cooled down and then and get it froze i see the big thing if you let them hang too long everything starts to dry out or people just throw it in the big big vats and throw it in their fridge or shop fridge aka uh uncovered and and that's where you start getting a lot of that dryness so will you be out there a half hour before sunrise I will be over an hour before. Oh, okay. <laughs> I don't like kicking deer out in the morning, so I try to, especially morning hunts. I, I get in there super early, and that's pretty cool. Uh, if you can get your butt out of bed, don't stay up too late the night before. Um, that sunrise in the morning, and when it's still just a little bit dark before shooting hours, you know that's when the magic happens. You start you start hearing stuff move, and your imagination starts going crazy, and your eyes are playing tricks on you and you're trying to focus in the low light and you're, you know, checking your phone for the time. <laughs> so, no, I, I'm definitely an early to the stand person. All right. And, uh, and again, uh, the fishing will continue for a while. Supposedly ice fishing will happen at some point. Uh, there's already been some ice shows, but that seems like it's going to be a while. Uh, I know you do ice fishing, but uh, is, are you one of those that just can't wait till there's a, you know, a half inch of ice and you find a way, try to find a way to get out there? Or are you a little more patient? I have definitely become more patient in my old age. Uh, even even with really awesome float suits, uh, I'm a I'm a three incher. Uh, I might be a little person, and I can walk out with my you know my hand dogger and my little sled and, and and get out there early. But it's nothing's worth going through the ice that early, especially when we have a fall like this. Mm-hmm. Like, get out in the boat and go chase them. <laughs> <laughs> I think I'll be fine, you know, to, to wait a little bit until we get some, some solid ice because, too, I don't like doing a lot of walking. You're good. I'm old. I'm <laughs> lazy. <laughs> I don't want to walk three-quarters of a mile across the frozen lake to go fishing. I like to take my four-wheeler, so <laughs> there might be a few selective spots where, where we get, a, you know, two, three inches of ice, but if it's close to shore, I'll, I'll walk out and do some fishing. Other than that, I'm perfectly fine waiting for some thicker ice. So as of Saturday, when deer hunting kicks in, is it 100% deer business until you get yours, or will there be some fishing anyway? I hate to say it. 
I think today is going to be my last trip for the season. Mm. Unless, unless I get lucky like you did last year and, and be able to, to fill my tag, you know, my buck tag early on a, on a nice shooter, then I definitely will be switching gears back to fishing. But if that doesn't happen, I think my butt's going to be in the stand till, uh, till muzzle order. <laughs> and then you're still going to be hunting. <laughs> still going to be hunting, correct? Uh, which there again, you get through rifle season, and with the warm weather that we're having, uh, it's you know it's basically shut down pheasant hunting. So we're going to have those late season hunts um, to be able to get those in, and then I, I mean, realistically, until we got these big winds this past week, blowing from the south that was blowing in this warm weather, we've had a ton of leaves on the trees up here. So mm-hmm. I haven't even been able to like go grouse hunting, you know. So there's a little bit of lag in there where I'm going to run into some issues of do I want to you know sit in the stand in the morning and maybe walk some trails in the afternoon or take a day off completely and and go for some some pheasant hunting I I don't know I don't want to think that far ahead I'm only focusing right now and I'm already torn <laughs> <laughs> decisions decisions all right Manny before we wrap it up I got another fast five for you if you're ready bring it on fast five. Who's with me? Question number one. What is your favorite TV show of all time? Uh, Fixer Upper HGTV. (laughs) All right. Question number two. Who was your high school celebrity crush? Brad Pitt. (laughs) Oh, easy one. All right. Question number three. Now, for the guys, I'm always asking, you know, Ginger or Marianne. So for you, I guess I'll have to go with Bo or Luke Duke. You got to go with Bo. Okay. Uh, question number four Star Wars or Star Trek? Star Wars. More action. <laughs> oh, yeah. <laughs> and question number five. Don't disappoint me here Vikings or Packers? Yes. Oh, come on. Is that really just real in the state of Minnesota not be? I mean, and for one, for having a decent season. So, well, you know, like I, I'm always going to be a Vikings fan, even though some days I can't watch them. There's been <laughs> some seasons that have been horrible, but you still got to put your face behind your hometown team. Oh, good for you. I know too many Packer fans too close to me. <laughs> Hey, Manny, anything else coming up for you fun in the next, uh, you know, outside of that, anything on TV? Or, uh, you know, we, have, we still haven't seen those other exciting episodes that you, that you shot a while ago. Correct. Uh, that season hasn't come out yet. Okay. I'm, I'm surprised. I'm, I'm hanging on the edge like the rest of you guys for when the new season of Meat Eater is going to come out. I would assume fairly quick because last uh, the last season is almost done hearing. So, yeah, I haven't heard anything, but as soon as, as, soon as I know, I'll make sure I let you guys know. So... We can all watch it together because I have no idea what it's going to look like. <laughs> okay. Mandy Eric, always great to have you on the show. Thanks for taking the time today. Thanks for having me, Kev. That'll do it for this time around. I'm Kev Jackson. Thank you for being here. Thanks to my guest, Mandy Eric, and thank you for listening. Whether you're in the woods or on the water, be safe, have fun, good luck, and we'll talk to you next week. Bumper in country.